0: encountering the texture of the text of God's Word, text and context. Good morning, my dear siblings in Christ. What a wonderful uh, connection between the prayer and the song and then now the sermon. Uh, Before we hop into the Word and uh, start reciting the Ten Commandments, can we all pray this together? Would you pray this with me? God. As we open your word, open also our heads, our hearts, and our hands. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm preaching through the Ten Commandments. For those who do not know that, some with us today that may not be aware of that. And each week we begin by reciting the Ten Commandments together. So would you all please recite the Ten Commandments with me. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not bow down before idols. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. You shall remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. You shall honor your father and mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. And you shall not covet. Amen. So we are at the fifth commandment today. or halfway through the Ten Commandments. That's how that works. Five is half of ten. Some of you may be mathematically challenged. That's okay. Uh, I had to look it up. It's okay. But uh, I would like to preface this sermon because the fifth commandment is the commandment to honor your father and mother. And I just, my, my heart pastorally just thinks a, a certain preface is needed before preaching a sermon on a commandment like this. Okay. So I, I just want to preface by saying, uh, life is complicated. Families are complicated. If you've ever lived in a family of any sort, form, or variety, you know that families are complicated. And so um, I have seen before in my short time families who have used this verse to call their children to honor their parents truly. But I've also seen families before use verses like this to call their children into submission to abuse. And my friends, I think as a church, we need to always uh, unashamedly And unambiguously and unreservedly condemn that in Jesus' name. And we do. And if that has ever been your experience in any capacity, then that is not what this verse is talking about. It is assuming a healthful and God-honoring relationship all the way through. And so I just think that goes to be said. Also, um, there are strained relationships a lot between parents and children. That's a tough relationship. (laughs) It was tough in the ancient world where they all tended to live together let alone in this world where we all spread out geographically. And so uh, I I just hope that uh, there would be no undue guilt or shame in your heart because of this sermon. That is my heart. Um, But that we would all just uh, submit ourselves to the intention and the spirit of this command. Okay. It's just important in my heart that that's articulated from the outset. Uh, That being said, let's actually read the commandment from Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Here's what it says. Honor your father and mother so that your days may be long in the land that Yahweh, your God, is giving you. Honor. Honor. That's a word I don't feel like we use as much anymore. It used to be a really common word, right? But it, I, don't, I feel like it's fallen out of use a lot. Am I on the money with that? I, I feel like I don't hear it as much anyway. And the Hebrew concept is even more fun. Uh, you know I'm a lover of words. Uh, The Hebrew word is kavod, and the word connotes weight. It's the word for weighty. It's something that's heavy. And so uh, give weight to your father and mother. Now, this does not mean feed them till they're fat, (laughs) Uh, but literally it's give weight to. I think think we still kind of use that metaphor some in English, right? Well, give weight to what I'm saying. In other words, listen to what I'm saying, or, or give weight to this idea. Consider it deeply, right? We, we talk this way sometimes. And so that's somewhat in our uh, vocabulary. The idea seems to be that your parents, uh, you bring them honor and you honor them. You give them weight and you weight them. That is, you give them weight in a, to mean you give a certain amount of discretion and a certain amount of deference to their judgments and opinions, Right? Not necessarily entirely, but it's certainly skewed in their favor as opposed to not in their favor. right? And then you also um, bring honor to them by the way you live your lives. It's kind of like the third commandment. We talked about the third commandment. The third commandment is not a prohibition against saying the phrase, oh my God. The third commandment is a prohibition against bearing the name of Yahweh in vain, making Yahweh look bad. Taking his name and then doing something that is counter and contrary to what it means to follow this God of ours. Right? Well, it's similar to the, our families. We bring them honor by remembering who we are and whose we are, by conducting ourselves honorably in such a way that it brings honor to our family or weight to our family. right? And um, so the weightiness of it, it's, it's all related. But uh, there's actually a, a beautiful, lovely, hilarious story in Scripture that plays on this commandment and plays on the idea of weight. Uh, Because I know that this is kind of a weird way of thinking about it. We don't typically think about it this way. And so um, it's the story of Eli and his two sons. Do you remember this story? The wicked priest Eli and his two really wretched children, Hophni and Phinehas. You remember this story from Vacation Bible School? It's a really interesting story. Uh, Eli's sons are actually described as scoundrels who have no regard for Yahweh. Oof. That does not bring much honor to their parent, right? But the main problem, if I could just summarize it so we don't have to read a large chunk, because we're already going to read a little bit in a moment. But if I could summarize kind of what leads up to this. Basically, Hophni and Phinehas are priests. Their dad, Eli, is a priest. They're like junior priests, the kid priests. And so you know that priests are allowed to eat some of the food that's been sacrificed. You remember this from our study in Leviticus. Well, you're only supposed to take so much of it, and you're not supposed to take certain parts of it. Well, they're taking a whole, whole, whole bunch of it, more than they're supposed to, and they're taking the parts that they're not supposed to, especially the fatty parts. And that's really funny because they're eating all this food that's supposed to be sacrificed to Yahweh, and they're eating it and eating it, and then they get fat. Okay? Now, you can see that they're not bringing weight to their parent, but that they are bringing weight to themselves instead. The Hebrew is really funny. Let's actually read the text in 1 Samuel chapter 2. You go ahead. There we go. So here's what it says. Now just keep this in your mind as as we read this. Keep kind of what we're talking about and maybe you'll kind of see some of what I'm getting at. Uh, When they look with the greedy eye at my sacrifices and my offerings and honor your sons more than me by fattening yourselves on the choicest parts of every offering of my people Israel. They honor themselves by fattening themselves. They weight themselves by fattening themselves. Right. Therefore the Lord, the God of Israel, declares, I promise that your family and the family of your ancestors should go in and out before me forever. But now the Lord declares, far be it from me, for those who honor me I will honor, and those who despise me shall be treated with contempt. See, the time is coming when I will cut off your strength and the strength of your ancestors' family. Okay. Do you see what just happened there, though? So there's a lot of connection with the the fifth commandment here because of the weight and notice that their failure to honor God properly leads to uh, your family is going to be cut off versus the fifth commandment that says if you honor your parents, your life will be long in the land that Yahweh your God is giving you. See the connection. And then also, I mean, come on, people. That's that's stinking hilarious. They are eating the sacrifices that they're not supposed to, and they're getting fat, weight, they're gaining a bunch of weight, but they're supposed to be giving weight, honor to Yahweh, but instead they give weight, honor to themselves, and it shows. Do you you're with me on this? And then it gets even funnier because later on in the story, Eli, the, the wicked priest, he's sitting in a chair and he falls off the chair and breaks his neck because he's so heavy. And the text says, because he gave weight to himself and not to God. Hebrew is hilarious, (laughs) I'm telling you. But you can kind of see the the, the play on words in Hebrew. Does that make a little bit more sense now? I mean, this is a good example in Scripture of someone who uh, has an improper balance of honor in his life. He has deferred to his children and let them do corrupt things in the temple of the Lord instead of honoring Yahweh. And then because of that, they gain a bunch of honor. Wait. It's funny. Um, I really like texts like this in our Bible. Um, notice also the connection between long life and uh, honoring your father and mother. Isn't that an interesting connection? In the text that Faye read for us this morning from Ephesians 6, Paul explicitly points this out. He said, This is the first commandment with a promise. All the other ones don't have a promise like that, or all the other Ten Commandments. There are other commandments in the law that have that, but not in the Ten Commandments. This is the only one in the Ten that has something like, do this, so that. This is the only one. Honor your father and mother, so that it will go well for you in the land that I'm giving you. So you'll live many days in the land that I'm giving you. Long life. So if you want to live a long time, the fountain of youth is apparently connected to honoring your parents. Who knew? There's some sort of a connection. Um, So give weight or honor to your father or mother. Uh, I I think there's a problem with trying to keep this command in the modern world. A problem meaning I think there's there's a, a little wrinkle when it comes to it. Because I think there's a certain distrust of authority these days that has been going on for a while in our culture, right? There's a certain distrust of authority, and and parents are, among other things, an authority-type figure, right? And there's a certain distrust of authority in our culture that kind of makes it hard to keep this command well in a lot of ways. But I don't know that that distrust of authority is always necessarily a bad thing, right? Because that same distrust of authority is the thing that teaches me that I can't trust everything I read on the Internet. And, like, I shouldn't trust everything that I read on the Internet. And also, there have been times when people in authority have said, do this! And then it didn't work out well, right? Like historically, like even in our personal lives, that's happened before. So you can see the hesitancy to not want to like over the top affirm, like, yes, just blindly follow authority at all costs, right? But you can also see the problem that says throw caution to the wind and just do whatever you want all the time that you want. Because we certainly see the problems of that too. So then like how do you mesh those together well? Um. Because I think on the other hand, we have been greatly damaged as a society and culture and world for not honoring authority, especially parents, that certain suspicion of parents. You ever watched some of these TV shows that are like on Disney Channel and some of these other, like Nickelodeon? Sometimes I make the parents look really dumb. I don't like that. No, I didn't like that as a kid and I don't really like it now either. I just, I don't know, not all of them. You know, there's a lot of them that are really decent shows, but there are some that I'm like, why do the parents look so stupid? You know what I'm saying? And that's kind of a, there's kind of a mindset out there. And, and you even have like this, this certain rhetoric we, we all use sometimes where we dismiss people for being older. Well, they're just older. That's just their generation. And I'm like, no, don't say that. Uh, in the same way, you shouldn't dismiss someone just for being young either. So, so there, there's problems when it comes to this. right? And I'm not saying that I have all the answers. I wish I did. But I do think the church has to say something in regards to this. And I do think there is some way to speak about it. Um, I think the way we proceed to encourage honoring parents, because we need to encourage honoring parents, like, duh, right? Of course we do. But how do we encourage honoring parents without enabling abusive and toxic behavior in certain authority figures, right? Uh, I think it's evident that even in Paul's time, that there was a tendency to perhaps use this command in a bad way. Because Paul says, fathers, don't provoke your children to anger. Right? Like, there's certainly a balance there as well. And so they, they understood this even in Paul's time, I guess. But it seems to me, in my humble opinion, that wisdom is the key. I think wisdom is the key. And if we're starved for anything in this world and in this culture, I think it's wisdom. Because wisdom is the ability to discern this is the time for this and this is the time for that. This is the time when that applies and this is the time when it doesn't apply. Wisdom, uh, in the book of Proverbs, there's a, a beautiful little passage in chapter 26 that the one verse says, answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. And the next verse says, do not answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. But you see that the truly wise person knows that there's a time to answer and a time not to answer, and the wise person knows the difference. And that's the brilliance of Proverbs. That's the brilliance of wisdom. Well, I think it takes wisdom in parenting, (laughs) certainly. I think it takes wisdom in childing as well. I think it takes a certain wisdom there. It just seems to me that, that wisdom is important. Um, I say this because I've seen people in my life, friends, who listened to their parents' advice to take a job, and then they regretted it the entire time they took it. But I've also known people who took their parents' advice, got the job, loved it, and have done it for 50 years. I've also known people who married someone that their parents said, don't marry them, and then they regretted it. I've also known people who married someone that their parents said, please don't marry them. And they've been married happily for 50 years. And so there's a certain amount of wisdom that goes there. You see what I'm saying? I think the weight is helpful in this regard because you, you give an undue balance to the parents, right? Like, they get the deference. Like, you, you trust their judgment more than anybody else's. When it comes to the council, the table of people that you're listening to in your life, they're like the first seat, right? Right? But parents are not perfect. I'm learning this quickly, and I only have a one-year-old. Parents are not perfect, right? I'm le- Yeah, yeah. I am not looking forward to the teenage years. Pray for me now. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, they, they get the deference at the table, so to say. But even at that table, like, I could be wrong, right? Like, I'm, I'm acutely aware of the fact that I've been wrong plenty of times, and he's not even asking me for advice yet, right? <laughs> like, God help that child when it it gets further down the road. But you, you hear what I'm saying. You hear the concern in my heart. I think cooperation and teamwork is a, is a real key part too, right? Like, I, I don't think the honor of your parents is necessarily something to say, the parents shall lord over you, like overly authoritarian sense. I think rather it's a very loving, nurturing partnership where they are the ones in charge. I'm not, but there's still a certain amount of partnership there. My voice is still welcome at the table. Uh, All that to say, parents aren't perfect. They make mistakes too. Uh, But they do have more life experience, clearly. Right? And so they get a deference as far as judgment. And we tend towards taking their advice. And if and when we do choose a path different than what they urge us to do, we do so humbly, transparently, and with much fear and trembling. Does that make sense? Um... So then another issue that I think complicates keeping this command in the 21st century, because it is complicated, right? Clearly, we can feel the heaviness in the room already. Uh, Another issue I think that complicates keeping this commandment in the 21st century is the issue of aging parents. Um, That's something that I don't think they dealt with in the same way in the ancient world, considering that lifespans have increased so tremendously, Uh, even just in the past few decades, right? Even since I've been alive, life expectancy has gone up tremendously tremendously which is a great thing, but then it causes these odd problems where people have these very aging parents that they want to take care of, but then sometimes they feel like they can't and it, it causes issues. I say that because I feel like I've seen good examples and bad examples of that, right? Like I have I used to do some nursing home ministry and I've met some people whose families just put them there and forgot about them. And that was really sad. And we should, as a church family, always be thoughtful to try to visit those people when we can, right? What uh, What is the... Uh, Linda, uh, was it Delamy that said everybody in here is somebody's grandma yeah. everybody in there is somebody's grandma right. so go, go take them cookies we brought Ezra into a nursing home one day oh my gosh we couldn't get through the lobby this, these two ladies in the front room were like you come here and we were like we're going to and they were like adamant so we had to go talk to them for like 30 minutes uh, but the amount of life that he brought just walking in there I mean, I bring a certain amount of life walking in there myself, let alone a young one. So be thoughtful of those who, whose families have forgotten them because there are elders, too, and they're a parental-type figure that need to be remembered. But I've also seen really great examples of this, too. I've seen people who, who bring their family into their own home in some capacity, You know, like the mother-in-law suite or the, the mother-in-law house outside or something, and, and they take such good care of them. I have seen some beautiful examples of that in my short time, and it brings tears to my eyes and it humbles me and it makes me say, Lord, may I do something like that when the time comes, right? I've seen examples of people who did end up putting their family members in a nursing home, but they visited them faithfully. They loved them and cared for them. I know some people who all the time, weekly at least, go to visit those people and honor them with their lives. I know those people. And I know that it's hard and I know it's a commitment, but I, I see those people and I think that's honoring your father and mother. I love that. Even when it's hard, even when you feel defeated, even when you're like, you know what? That was a waste of my time. Do you know what I'm saying? And so I've seen the selfless sacrifice on both sides from parent to child and child to parent. I've seen the really selfish ambition, vain conceit on both sides too, from parent to child and child to parent. It's a complicated issue, right? It is. It's complicated. Uh, and I'm not a healthcare professional. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not. I'm a preacher. But I think the church should encourage people to honor their parents. And I think the church should go and visit those who are uh, in the nursing homes. Those who are housebound often. Those who are um, have trouble getting around. I think we should visit them. And we should honor them by uh, maybe just a conversation. Even if it's a conversation where we repeat the same thing 30 times. That's okay. It's not about you, right? It's about honoring them. And simply by showing up in their presence, you are honoring them. I think also, and I really, this is something on my heart that as I move forward in the future, I really want to encourage my children to do, and I would encourage you to do this with your children and grandchildren, is uh, encourage them to take out the elderly people in your church for coffee or lunch or something. They love it. Mm -hmm. They love it. My parents pushed me to do that when I was in high school. And at the time, I was like, this is so dumb. I have so many other things that are so pressing as a 16 year old in high school, (laughs) big life issues, people that I got to deal with. But you know what? I took time out of my busy schedule and I'm so glad I did because now some of those people I never got a chance to go back and visit before they passed while I was in college. And I'm really glad for those moments that I shared. I'm really glad for that wisdom that I gleaned. And you know what? They may not be my parent, but they were a parental figure to me for sure. And, and, I don't know if you've caught on to this yet, but honoring your father and mother is about a lot more than honoring your father and mother biblically. It's about honoring those who are older than us, those who have more experience than us. And that's deeply important all across the board. So I say young people, take your elders and your grandparents or your parents out for lunch or coffee and ask them questions about their life and listen and learn wisdom. And older people, however you define that, make a phone call or write a card or go to the nursing home. Or support and push your young ones to do it, because it's important. Uh, Clearly, being in a good, strong relationship with your parents will allow you to thrive. But we live in a broken world. This world is not perfect. Parents aren't perfect. Kids make mistakes, too, by the way. I've been one of those, too. Primarily that one. So before I end this discussion of the fifth commandment, I would be remiss if I did not make mention of the one parent who will never, ever fail, no matter what. Because that's ultimately what this points to. And uh, Lynn already alluded to that in her beautiful prayer this morning. Throughout the Exodus, because this is the Ten Commandments are found first in Exodus. Throughout the Exodus, the parental imagery is unmistakable. Part of the reason, one of the many reasons, there are several. One of the many reasons Israel is to be let go is because they are the son of Yahweh. Uh, can you hit the slide for the next? Oh, it's already up here. Uh, in Exodus chapter 4, it says, Then you shall say to Pharaoh, this is Yahweh talking to Moses, Thus says Yahweh, Israel is my firstborn son. And I said to you, let my son go that he may worship me, but you refuse to let him go, and now I will kill your firstborn son. So this is where the tenth plague comes in. Right? But part of the reason Israel is to be let go is because that's Yahweh's kid. That's my baby. And there's imagery in the prophets that speaks of, of going through the waters like Israel's being birthed. Right? The, these, these are Yahweh's children. Yahweh is the ultimate parent, the one who will never, ever fail. He is the example to parents of a good, good father. And he is the true father of those whose earthly parents have fallen far short. He rescued Israel from Egypt and he has sent his one and only son into the world so that we can be his children too, so that we can be adopted because he is the father above all else that we are to honor. And so uh, as we end Would you join me in honoring our Father this morning as we pray as our Lord Jesus Christ taught us to pray? Can you go to the next slide, please? Please pray this with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. In the name of our sibling Christ, amen.